0: Parashas Matos begins with the laws of nedarim and shvuos of vows and oaths. Ishki dar lashem, laHashem, o shavah shvuah laseri sar lafsho. A person takes a neder, a vow, or a shvuah, an oath. Lo yachel devaro, he should not desecrate his word. Kholi atemi he shall do whatever he has said, whatever he has promised, solemnly promised that he would do. Then the can go on, that's just one pasuk, and the rest of the discussion of Nadarim, the next uh, 15 Pesukim or so, deals with nadaram of women, ma- married women or young women in their parents' home, the father's home. There are special rules that a father or a husband has the ability to annul the vows of a, uh, of a spouse, a wife, or a daughter this is not to be confused with Hataras Nidharam, this is called Hafaras Nidharam Hey fei Reish Saf, this is not to be confused with Hataras Nidharam Hey Tough Reish Saf, Hataras Nidharam is the process we do on Erev Rosh Hashanah we, after chakras after, after typically people people sit down and do Hataras Nidharam some understand Kol is a form of Hataras Nidharam as well Hataras Nidharam is, 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 is a process by which a bastin can annul a nedr based on some type, of, some type of toes, some type of error. Had I known X, I wouldn't have made the neder. Hafaras nadarim is different. It's a process which does not require a bastin. It, it's done by a single individual, the father or the husband. does not require any kind of Pesach or charata. It's not based on, on an error or any kind of mistake in the neder. It's simply a right, a, an absolute right that the Torah grants the father or the, or the husband the right to a neder. The, the Torah has nothing to say about hataras nedarim. The Gemara calls that it's a hetar parech bavir. The idea of hataras Dharm has a very tenuous basis in the Chumash, but, the, but for whatever reason, the Torah devotes a lot of space to the mechanism of hafaras nedarim. It's and Dharm is a theoretical construct. It's virtually unheard of. People rarely take nedarim today, and I don't know when the last actual case of a hafara that uh, a husband, a husband or father actually made was. Hataras Dharm is more practical. We do it on erev Rosh We do it other times as well. But for whatever reason, the Torah chose to write numerous tikkun about hafarath nedarim and remain virtually silent about hataras nedar. But in any event, if a nedar remains in effect, if you are not, if, if no one is may for it and no one is matter then of course, the Torah obligates one to keep his word. Lo yachel devaro. He can't violate his nedar or shvua. He has to do what he said, and it's a very serious affair. Aver- the, it's a very serious of error. There, there, there are ver- the, the idea of taking a false oath in other forms appears in the Sarasad Dibros, mm-hmm. Losisa Shemashav, Losisa Shemalakh Lashav, Lasheker, that it's uh, it's one of the Ten Commandments. The truth is, Nidarim and Shvuos come in a variety of versions. First of all, there are Nidaram and Shvuos uh, going forward on the future, which seems to be what this Busik is talking about do whatever you promise to do if you promise to do such and such do it and don't uh, break your word don't not do it there's also a shvua that occurs on the past a person's in court and the, and, the, and, the, and the lender says I lent you money the ostensible lender said I lent you money yeah. defendant says no you didn't so in certain cases the defendant takes a shvua we require him to take an oath it, it, it's not a, it, a, a, that's not a promise to do something in the future that he, he, he's certifying by, under penalty of perjury, by means of a shvua, he's certifying that what he says, he, he, he's, uh, he's asserting that what he's saying is true under the penalty of shvua, that, that by the force of a shvua, he's swearing that what he's saying is true. These are both called shvua. Our pasha, so the, the one is called shvua on lahaba, a shvua regarding facts that were already in existence when he makes the shvua. He's swearing about the current state of the world or past events, the other kind of shvua, which is the one this pasuk seems to refer to as a shvua going forward, to do such and such, to, to prohibit such and such to him, to, to do a certain or not to do something, that's called a shvua lahaba. Neder and shvua, the psukim refer both to neder and shvua. Neder and shvua are different, somewhat different topics in halacha. There's an entire maseches nadarim and there's an entire maseches shvuos. They are different. Um, in practice, there, there's some overlap. Very often, what, what very often a person makes a neder where a shvuah would have a similar effect, or vice versa. A neder, as explained by Chazal, neder comes in a few flavors. But a neder can be, you prohibit something to yourself. You can prohibit a specific object, like this sandwich is usher, the tars neder konum sandwich that I This the, the, this sandwich is like carbon; it's something which is usher to me. That you're basically saying, it, it, I'm not going to eat the sandwich. But you can phrase it as a neder. The Gemara says neder is. Neder is asr chef that a neder is you prohibit a certain item to yourself, the the focus is on the item, and you say, this item should be prohibited to me. A shvua would be, you would say, I swear, I take a shvua that I will not eat this sandwich. A neder has to have a specific object, so a nedir, not a specific object, but a nedr focuses on the object. So you can say, this particular sandwich is prohibited on me. You can say, all sandwiches are prohibited on me. You can say, all wine or all meat is prohibited to me. You can say, all of... I, I'm in a quarrel with Ruvain, so all of Ruvain's property should be prohibited to me. Or you could say, well, my property should be prohibited to Ruvain. If you're either prohibiting it to yourself or you're prohibiting your property to somebody else, as long as one end of that uh, relationship is you, it's either your property or the, or the target of the prohibition is you, that, that, that works. Obviously, you cannot make a net of prohibiting Shimon's property to himself or Shimon's property to Levy, you can't do that, certainly. But you can prohibit someone's property to you or your property to somebody else. That is one kind of nedder. Another kind of neder is when you create a personal obligation to bring a carbon, or tzedakah. You say, Harei alai ola. I hereby commit myself, I obligate myself to bring a carbon ola. Not all carbonos can be bob and neder. certain carbonos, like khatas, according to most opinions, khatas uh, is only if the circumstances are present, that require a but certain karbanos, ola, shlamim, a person can voluntarily obligate himself in a in a carbon, and he says, "Harei alai ola, incumbent upon me, it, it is incumbent upon me to bring an ola or a shlamim." That's also called a neder. That's another kind of neder. The Gemara talks about nodrin lidvar mitzvah. You can make a neder to do a mitzvah, to, to learn a certain parak, to do to do something good, to avoid a certain bad habit. The Gemara <coughs> talks about that kind of neder. So, so, so the, 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 these are these are all different members of the general family of shvuot and nedarim. Rambam also has separate hilchas, nedarim and shvuot. So there are many differences in the technical halachas. Rambam puts them both in the general book of Hafla, of, of halachas related to speech and to things that you affect by your speech. But this is the this is the general family, the general category of nedarim and shvuot. violating a nedar, violating a shvua, is a, either taking it falsely or failing to. Fulfill what you said you would do or not do is a very serious avera, And of course, we know that, uh, that, that, that swearing falsely, especially if you use Hashem's name, is a terrible avera. There's actually a major him whether a Shavua needs to be taken with Hashem's name or not. The language of our Pasuk is dar neder la Hashem o Yishav Some say that a Shavua is only b'shem Hashem. Some say it's not. Some say there's an implicit shem Hashem. So the technical details of how you take a Shavua, how you take a neder, we're not going to get into. But certainly, violating a Nedra or Shvu'ah is a terrible Aver. The question is, what about taking a Nedra and fulfilling it? Taking a Shvu'ah and fulfilling it? How does the Torah look at such a thing? The, the, the Torah here is neutral. It doesn't say whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing. It just says if you take a Nedra or Shvu'ah, make sure that you abide by it. But is taking the Dharma and Shvu'ah in general something the Torah approves of or disapproves of? Is it neutral? What is the, what is the Torah's perspective on the Dharma and Shvu'ah? So, Actually, as we've discussed in other contexts, there's a there's actually a pasuk in Parshas Ekev. It says, "Es <laughs> you shall fear Hashem your God. and you should serve Him. and you should cleave to Him. U'vishmosi and you should swear in His name." So there's a list here of four imperatives: fear God, serve God, cleave to God, and swear in God's name. So what does that mean? Swear in God's name. Rambam actually counts the Bishmoti Shavaya as one of the Tariyag Mitzvahs. When a person swears, it's a mitzvah to swear using God's name. The Sefer HaChinuch goes so far as to say that if a person swears, not in, that if a person does not swear, and does, doesn't take a shvuah when he should, he violates according to the Rambam, the mitzvah I say. The Ramban disagrees. The Ramban says there's no such thing. There's no mitzvah to swear using, no mitzvah to swear. You're perfectly okay not to swear. You can swear without God's name, right? You can just swear without God's name. Uh-huh. Right? What? Is, is a mitzvah to, 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 to... When you do swear to use God's name, or is, is a mitzvah to do the whole thing? So, so we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the opinions. So the Ramban and some of Arshim understand there's no mitzvah to swear with or without God's name. There's no mitzvah. The, when the Torah is telling you Bishmosi it's really a laugh about say. The Torah means don't swear in anyone else's name. Only Bishmosi Shaveya. Make sure make sure that your oaths are only taken in God's name because taking it in anything else's name is, uh, is, is approaching, uh, approaching Avodazar taking in someone else's name is, uh, is you, you're, 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 talk, you're talking about Avodazar so that, that, that's how the Ramban understands that, that, that's how Selma fresh understand but the implication of the Rambam is not like that the implication of the Rambam is that it's actually a mitzvah sasei to swear in God's name Rambam writes just like a Shavuah Shav or Sheker is a losasei so too it's a mitzvah say to swear someone who's a v'shvu and based in, it's a mitzvah to swear in God's name, bishmosi shavayah. The, the Rambam is not mashma that, that it is a, the Rambam is not mashma that, 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 that it's like the Ramban, that it's a mitzvah losa. say it's really a negative commandment not to swear in God's name. The, the, the Ramban says, ain't mitzvah, a mitzvah, not in another God's name but the Chinuch says that according to the Rambam that, that according to the Rambam if someone is uh, he says if, according to the Rambam if someone is supposed to swear and doesn't swear he's what does that mean if a person doesn't swear because he's, he's extra careful we'll discuss it there's actually a minog the, the Bephar say there was a minog in, uh, in, in, among Jews to avoid Shavuos to, to settle to Pay a claim to, to compromise rather than take a shvoor. Such a person is in a batal, a mitzvah that that can't be. So the mafreshim struggle to what exactly does around him in the chinuch mean. So some explain that it means that if the it's not really a mitzvah, it's more like we say gerishin is a mitzvah. That it's a halacha of how to take how to take a shvoor. Just like gerishin is called a mitzvah, it doesn't mean it's a mitzvah to divorce your wife. That that's not the that's not the. That, that 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 that's certainly not a mitzvah. The Zohar, ram says, that, that it just means that it's, it's not a mitzvah say to swear. It just means that how do you take a shvuah? What's the correct shvuah? The correct shvuah is with Hashem's name. It's like gerushin. There's no mitzvah to divorce your wife or shchita. No mitzvah to shecht. You make a bracha and shchita, there's, there's no mitzvah to shecht. But it means if you do a gerushin, do it properly according to Din Torah, not according to. Uh, don't do a civil divorce. And if you need a shecht, shecht with a al pi And that's what shvuah means also. The way to take a shvuah is with Hashem's name as opposed to with some, someone else's name, with a Zara's name. But it's no mitzvah to take a shavuot. There is one opinion in the Sefer, HaMelech, who says it actually is a mitzvah. He says it means, the Rambam means, that sometimes in, the person has to swear. Sometimes in, in a court case, Basin tells the defendant he has to swear. Not always, but in certain cases, Basin says, unlike, unlike in an American court where anyone who testifies swears, but before a witness uh, begins to testify, he's sworn in. Halacha doesn't work like that. Witnesses, general witnesses, do not swear. Litigants are the ones who swear. Halacha has a very sharp distinction between the litigants' statements in court and witnesses' statements in court. Witnesses typically do not swear. Litigants sometimes swear. There are, certain, there are an elaborate system of halacha when a litigant has to swear when he doesn't. When a litigant swears, so sometimes you have to swear. If you don't swear, you have to pay. And if you can't pay, you have to swear. In such a case, that's what the Ramah means. The, the, the Cheil Melech says that, if you, that, that if, you, uh, if you don't have what to pay, or if you, don't want, if, 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 you don't, if you don't have the money, you're not paying, then you're Mavatzel Mitzvah by not swearing. Then it's taka Mitzvah. If, 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 you, want to, if you want to get out of the, the claim without paying, then there's a Mitzvah to swear. That's taka Mitzvah. Of course, if you'd rather pay, you'd rather settle. Of course, uh, you don't violate any Mitzvah. But a person who cannot pay and is not paying, then he has a Mitzvah to swear, according to the Halachis of And such a person, if he does not swear, Using Hashem's name, is Mavashal the Mitzvah, say. But in any event, certainly everyone pretty much agrees there's no mitzvah to take a Shvuah, even though the Rambam says, Bishmosi Shaveh is a mitzvah, he certainly does not mean that we're encouraging you to swear. The Gemara itself, except maybe in this case, where you can't pay and then, then you have to take a Shvuah, then maybe it's a mitzvah. But in general, it's certainly not a mitzvah to swear. If you want to settle, call it a vote, we'll discuss later. There was, there was a Minog Bachranim say, that pious Jews used to settle claims and pay, pay the claim even when they were pater, just to avoid having to take a shvua. The truth is the Midrash Rabbah, the midbar Rabbah, on this week's parasha, on the parasha of Nadarm, makes this point that a person should not swear even a shvua that's true. It, 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 it brings the, that in Yirmia it says, HaKash told Israel, don't think that you're allowed to take a shvua b'shmi, even if it's amiss, that's not true. You're, n- you're generally not allowed to swear, even if it's true, unless you have all the midos in that pasuk of uh, in that pasuk that we read. Unless you have all the qualities, all the qualities of that pasuk, you have no business swearing, and you have you you you, 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 you have you have no business swearing, and you should. And you, sh- and you should not swear. So the, the the midrash Rabbah says as follows: It says that it says Hashem says you might think you're allowed to swear, only if you have kolami to as ezrashem lo kachatira. You have to be on the level of piety like those who the Torah calls yireh lo Who's yireh Elohim? kim? Avram avinu. Hashem says kim and uh, and akeda. Hashem said ish tam viyasher yireh lo kim. Yosef, Yosef himself said, I guess the Torah wouldn't have recorded it if it had not been true. Unless you're a Yerushamayim like these great biblical figures, you can't swear. And so on and so forth. The Midrash says that unless you have all these midos of this Pasuk, of Bosidbuk, of Savod, unless you have all those great midos, you can, then you can take a shvuah If not, you cannot take a shvuah even if it's Emes. And then it brings, Maise Biana hamelech. Yana HaMelech had 2,000 ayaros, cities, villages. They were all destroyed for the Avera of Shavuos Emes. Not because they swore falsely. Even though it was Emes, the cities were destroyed because it's wrong to take even a Shavuos Emes. A person would say, uh, I'm going to such and such a place. I swear I'm going there. I'm going to drink this and this and uh, this place. They made made, trivial Shavuos that weren't essential. They they were Mekayim their Shavuos. Nevertheless, the cities were Nechervu. And the lesson we learn, of course, is Mahan Nishvah Be'emeskach. If someone swears Truthfully, and still the, the, such a terrible punishment, certainly if someone sh- swears lashaker al-achas kam a kam Rebilyo Kalatkin, will return to this a little bit later, Rebilyo Kalatskin says, why is it wrong to swear a shvua's emes? He says, of course, in principle, a shvua's emes is not wrong. But the, the point is, it's, it's dangerous. You're playing with fire. Someone who, 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 is, who is hurgal, who is accustomed to taking a shvua's emes, will wind up, unless he has tremendous, tremendous Yerashemayim, and these other great Midas, will very likely end up taking a shvuah Sheker, and that's why it's a terrible Avera to take even a Shavuah's Emes, because it's just too, it's a slippery slope, it's too easy to end up taking a shvuah Sheker. There are various Gemaras that discuss whether taking a nedr or a shvuah is good or not good. The Gemara in the Dharm on test the Gemara brings a Brysa. Paskin Kohela says, Tova asher lo Tidar, mashar Tidar, Better that you should not make a nedr at all, then that you should make a neder and not fulfill the neder, not, not pay the neder. That seems to be obvious, and not much of I mean, Obviously, not taking a neder is not as bad as violating a neder. So the shita of Rabbi Meir is that the pasuk, the pasuk means more than it says. It really means, Tov mizeh o mizeh, that the not just is not taking an adder better than taking it and violating it, taking an edir is even preferable to taking it and fulfilling it. It's better not to take an edir at all, even though the postric doesn't seem to say that, but you read the postric differently, it's actually better not to take a nadir than to take one even if you fulfill it. Again, presumably for the same reason, it's too dangerous. Taking a nadir can you, you, you dodge the bullet, you fulfilled it. But if someone takes an dharm, presumably he may sometimes not fulfill it. So a better, a better practice, a better policy is not taking the dharm at all. Rabbi Yudha says, "Tov no No, the pasuk means what it says. Tov asher is only better than asher tider v'loti Not taking the is only preferable to taking the and not fulfilling them. But if you do fulfill them, that's the best. That's the ideal. It is good to make the dharam. Again, the nedar in this context is tovim Mashalim. Presumably, it means not a neder to prohibit things to yourself. Presumably, it means a neder of a carbon or a neder for tzedaka. It's actually preferable to do that rather than not to make a at all. If if you have confidence, if you're going to fulfill the neder, it's actually better to make a neder than to than to not make a neder. That's machlokis tanaim. Whether making the Darm pledges pledges that are binding with neder, we typically say when we make a pledge mishaberach or Bavor shaploni yitein bli neder. Uh, Tadaka, tunnel basic, We typically say Beli neder because we 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 definitely have a healthy fare and appropriate fare from the Darm. We typically say believe neder, but that's really the machlokus here. Rabeir, Rabbi Yehuda, is it better if a person is reasonably sure that he will fulfill his neder, is it better to say with a neder and fulfill it, or better not to make a neder? Rabbi Yehuda says better not to make a neder. Rabbi Mayer says better to make a neder. There's another Gemara on Daf Chafayz. Gemara brings a Bryce, Rabbi Omer Hanoder no Obama. Someone makes a neder it's as though he built a bama. A bama is, a, is an altar other than the official central one in the base of Mikdash, or the Mishkan. So the, 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 the noder is kilu banabama. Hamakaimo, someone who allows the neder to stand and doesn't attempt to, to uh, annul it with hataras and Darim, kilu of carbon. He compounded the Yasser by bringing a carbon on the bama. So, he's, so making an edger is, is an Avera and allowing the Nedra to stand is a compounded Avera. What's the Aveira of building a Bama? What do we mean by Bama? So we have in Rishonim. We have, some Rishonim say, Rashi says, that, that, that uh, it means a Bama for Avodah that uh, That an altar, private altars were often built for private gods, for Avodah So Rashi says that the, 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 the analogy, the Chomer, the Savera, the Gemara is comparing it to Avodah The ushalmi's is like that. The, the ushalmi says... Uh, what do you mean, you're comparing it to Vodazara. Vodazar is Beskila, Vodazar is a, it's such a terrible offense, it's, it's even punishable by, by stoning to death, and you're comparing it to Nadarim, so the Maharaj says yeah, in a certain sense it's comparable, anyone who gives in to his evil inclination, it's tantamount to idolatry, so the Yushalmi clearly says that the issue of Nadarim, Nadarim and on some level, in some sense, the Avera the of making Nadarim is analogous to idol worship, other Rishonim understand the rush, the run. They understand it doesn't mean avodah It means a Bama for Hashem. But there were certain points in Jewish history where Bamas to Hashem were prohibited. The, when, when the Beit Hamikdash stood, you not allowed to build a boma. at Hara Carmel, who built uh, who built an altar on Mount Carmel in his epic showdown with the Navi Habal, that was a classic example. The Gemara says of Harasha, a Navi has the right on a temporary, limited basis to suspend the Din Torah for, for a great purpose, like to, here, to show everyone that God was the true God, and the Nevi and the, and the HaBal were liars, but, in, but that was an exception, that that was a special dispensation, and Navi had to do that, but in general you were not allowed to build a private Bama where the Bais stood, before the Bais stood, at certain phases in Jewish history there was hetero so you were allowed to build a Bama, the, 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 the Mishnah, or the Gemara goes back and forth, talking about when the Mishkan stood in Shiloh, when it stood in Nov, and Given, hetero Bama, Israel Arthur Navi has a handy chart in the back of all the different years in Jewish history and phases Russia. of Heter the periods of Iser Bumas, Heter so according to the Rush and the Ren, when the Gemara compares is making a neder and Mekayim the neder, allowing it to stand, to be like uh, being, making a Bumma and bringing a carbon on a Bumma, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean a Bumma a, a and a carbon to a Vodazara it means a Bumma and a carbon to Hashem, but Bashas, Iser, a so it's an Iser, it's not a good thing, but it's not as bad as of a Vodazara not that bad how do we pass into you know, this machlokas? So again, we have Rameir says it's better not taking the Dharam at all. Rabbi Huda says if you fulfill them, that's the best. The Gemara brings these other brightness and daf Bey's, that the are bad things. No dears like Obama. The Gemara brings another memory on daf Bey's. Shmuel said, even though if, even though if, even if someone who's mekayim is ned or even if you fulfill it, you're Nikra rushing. You're still called to Russia. Voh, a rasha. Rabbi Yehuda It says, and If a person refrains from making a neder, he will not have a chait. chadala chadala, v'chi sech lindar. and xiv hasam, shem risham chadlu roges. the word chadlu is used about rishayim, so making a darim is something that rishayim do, so we have these various statements, from Meir Shita, Reb Shmuel, all say making a darim is a bad thing, and that's how we paskin, the, the Rambam the Rambam paskins this way, the Rambam writes, there, is, there are limited cases where a darim are appropriate, the Rambam writes that someone who makes Nadarim to lachonin to uh, establish his character traits, to compel himself to act in a correct way, that czar is a Meshubach. For example, he says, someone who's a glutton, and he, and he prohibits meat for a year or two years, someone who is, uh, indulges too much in wine, he prohibits wine for a long period, or prohibits getting drunk forever. Apparently, you shouldn't prohibit wine forever, but you can prohibit wine for a certain period, all wine. And drunkenness, you can prohibit uh, forever. Someone who chases gifts and is, is greedy and is always chasing, uh, always, always trying to get money, and, he, and he's, uh, he's obsessed with wealth and uh, amassing a fortune, he prohibits gifts or benefiting from people in this country. Someone who is, uh, has, an, has an overweening pride in his appearance, the Yafyav, he makes a Nedra of Naziris, and a, a Nazir who would shave his head is, is, is a form of uh, debasing himself. This last one is based on a Gemara. The Gemara has a, has a story where, I think it was Shem and Shetach, he saw that he, he never used to eat the carbon of a Nazir because he suspected the Nazirim were not sincere. There was one Nazir who he uh, wholeheartedly approved of, that, uh, that, um, that there was a certain man who was a Nazir, and he asked, he asked him what prompted his Naziris, and the Nazir said, I was a young man, and I saw my reflection, I think he said, in the water, and I realized how handsome I was, and, I, and, he, and he realized that he would be, I guess, irresistible to women, and he knew that there was a grave danger that he would succumb to his hara. So he said, I swear, Ha'avodah, I will cut you off will cut off my hair. So this, this person who was uh, so self-aware and so committed to uh, Yerushamayim and to doing the right thing, that was appropriate Naziris, that's what the Rambam is alluding to over here. So, these are all Derek and These Nidarim, that's where Chazal said, Nidarim Precious, that Nidarim is, 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 is a good uh, stepping stone to Precious, to, to an appropriate form of uh, self restraint and abstemiousness. However, he says, even these types of Nidarim, which are avoda, small doses, a person should use the, this powerful tool in a limited way. He shouldn't uh, do this frequently, he shouldn't get accustomed to such Nidarim. Rather, he should avoid things that are worthy of avoiding, uh, without the Dharm. Like we say, Beli eder. He brings the Gemara that anyone who makes a neder is kilub bama, If and, and if it's uh, it's a mitzvah to be matur neder to avoid again. To, the problem is the Mishal. The problem is you you think you'll fulfill the neder, you hope you'll fulfill it, but you might not. But to avoid the michtal, a person should uh, a person should should be should be the neder in general. So and that's how we pass in Shulchan Aruch as well. I believe that, the, that 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 in general, a person should avoid nidarim. Nidarim are something that uh, that are too dangerous. It's not an appropriate method of not an appropriate method of of regulating your conduct in limited case, in limited doses, in in, 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 in a few. If you do it carefully, seldomly, for a good purpose, that's okay. The Ramam says, but in general, even even those things, even things, even regulating your conduct. It's more appropriate to do it without using the form of neder. And that's why, again, our practice today is we generally say belie Neder." Anything we do, I believe the universal recommendation is don't make a nether. Even if a person knows he has a problem, he wants to come on time to davening, he wants to avoid Lashanara I don't think anybody recommends you make a nether. It's just too dangerous. You're playing with dynamite. You're playing with fire. The recommendation is, say you'll do it beli Neder, but we, uh, we, don't, we don't make a It's just too, it, it's a powerful tool. It's just a little too powerful. And uh, we avoid it. Um, Sefer Chassidim Sefer Chassidim talks is it, an early source it talks about this this idea that we uh, that, that, that we avoid the he says Shavuus I, I don't have all the sources in the abridged handout that I gave out so I apologize I can send the full version on request the the one I sent on Zoom is the full version so the Sefer Chassidim says he says that there was once a Jew who was sued by a non-Jew and he was Mecho Yib and apparently if he swore, he would, uh, he would win the case. If he didn't swear, he would lose the case. He said, what should I do? If I swear, truthfully, I'll, I'll get the money. Apparently the Jew was the plaintiff, then the court would award him the money. But uh, so, so maybe I should do that. Uh, so I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll do it, I'll take the shvuah uh, It'll be a truthful Shvua Shavua's Emmet, and I'll give half the money to Tzedakah. So someone said, no, that's not correct. So, so someone said, uh, yeah, that is correct, that, that it's a Shavuot, to so do it. The said, no, that's wrong. Even if you give all the money to Tzedakah, and even if you give your own money and add on to it, and give extra money to Tzedakah, better not to do it. That's too high a price to take a shua, he says. Better not to give the money to Tzedakah, and don't take the shua even by MS, and it brings a story in the Midrash Rabbah we said that there, that there were many cities that were destroyed because of shuos Emes. A person should not take a shuos Emes and a person should uh, preemptively avoid doing business in such a way that he'll have to take a Shavos. Always have aid, always have uh, proof that will eliminate the need to take a Shavos. He brings another story, Say for Chassidim. There was once a Jew that he was accused uh, by non-Jews in Alila. apparently he was a libel, of doing, uh, doing certain things. And he had to swear. And he swore truthfully. And he told the Chacham, I, I feel very bad about what I did. It was true. What I swore, I, I was not guilty of what they accused me of. Yes. And I had to do it so they shouldn't kill me. I was literally in danger of my life. But I still feel bad. My father and mother never swore, never swore, even be'emes. So the Chacham said, if you want a kapara, what should you do? Accept upon yourself that you should never say the Shem Shemayim, not be'emes, not, not even when it's true, not, not, not be'chinam, not, not, uh, not in any language. Like people say, Yezreini Hashem. We say Beedrus Hashem, Yeretz Hashem. Don't use it. Don't use Hashem's name. You shouldn't say that unless you read a pasach, He says, even if you have. Uh, we know in the time of Rus, they used to say uh, Hashemi ima, Hashem Machem, and, uh, and they used to use Hashem's name in greetings. Don't do that as a form of kapara. It's interesting. He thinks he needs a kapara. It was literally pikach nefesh, and it was a shwas emes. Surely a shwas emes is Mutter maka pikach nefesh. Nevertheless, there was some element, maybe he wanted to make sure. Maybe it wasn't so much about kapara in the sense of, in the sense of uh, atonement. Maybe it was more kapara in the sense that he had to, since he might have suffered in his uh, in his in his fear of shua, he might have been now a little more casual about shua. So he had to reinstate his healthy fear of shua to so avoid saying Hashem's name in all forms. To to <laughs> Do you have to take a neder never to use Hashem's name. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, so it's so a person. So, a person, so, a, so a, to, to both these stories indicate a person should be very careful never to swear, never to swear, even MS, It's based on Midrash Rabbah, and that's the that's the idea of the Sefer Hasid. The in, in terms of the postkim, in terms of the the, the, the the regular postkim, one of the first to discuss this issue is the Chassam Sofer. The Chassem Sofer was asked by, by another Rav, Minaha Milsa. where does this come from, he says. In his time it was common that people did not take Shavuos, even for Emes. People, pious people, would do anything they could to avoid taking a Shavuot. Rag people say, even a Emes is Navera. Therefore people avoid swearing, even a Emes. Again, the Rambam says that B'Shomot is a Mitzvah, and if you don't swear, you're a Mitzvah. But of course, as we explained, it doesn't mean if you settle the case and the plaintiff accepts the, the compromise you offer that you're violating a mitzvah. That, that, that just doesn't make sense. What people did was, they would offer to pay substantial amounts of money, b'chal afshir, anything in order to avoid taking a shvua, even emes. So where did this attitude come from? Where did chazal ever say, chazal are full of halachas met The post you learn shulchan and mishpat, you learn the shach. The post are full of discussions of shvurs. Shvurs are Shvua's happen right and left. So where did, where did this idea come from that people will do anything to avoid taking a shvua? Where does this come from? So it's true, we, we have the Gemara about the, the thousand cities he brings of Yana Amelach, and they were all destroyed for Shuas Emes. Where does that come from? Where, where, where does it come from in Psukim? What's the Makar for this? What's the basis for this whole, for this whole attitude? So the Chasem Sofer says, Chazal. We have faith and confidence in Chazal that anything they said is true but there has to be a source in Psukim and he goes on, he has a, he has a tshuva discussing various, various Psukim, various statements of Chazal looking for a source for this idea that the that the, that even shwas emes is, is considered a a it's considered an avera. He ends the chuva by saying that he ends the chuva by saying that, that that this is the minhag. He brings riots. This is a, this is a correct idea. That people would even for, people should even forfeit some amount of money rather than taking a shvuah That Cain Darker shel yisrael. This is the way of Jews to and to give up of their own money and to to do everything they can to avoid swearing even emes minag um, Yisrael Torah he says this minag is Torah even though it's not an actual halachan shulchan arach it's minag Yisrael Torah and you should not second guess it this is, the, this is a, a correct and appropriate minag to do anything you, you can even, even in paying and even giving up your money to avoid taking a shvua even a shvua samas Leo Kalaskin, we mentioned earlier, Leo Kalaskin is uh, going on the Midrash Rabbah, he says, if that's what the Midrash, he said the, the Makarism is the Midrash Rabbah, the Makar is this Midrash that says you might think, uh, Hashem tells the Jews, don't think it's mutter to swear it's not mutter unless you're a person of such of such, uh, of such um, superior piety, superlative piety like Avram and Eov and Yosef and so on, you have such Yeroshimayim you shouldn't swear, and again, the reason is because even if in this case it was Emes, once a person gets used to swearing, it, it, there, there can be a mechel. He can end up, he can end up swearing l'shaka. There's a story I once saw, if I recall correctly, Baruch Shwul, Baruch Werner, a great, great day in there Eretz Israel, several decades ago. So in, in modern Din, I've never heard of a shwul taking place. I'm, I'm never, I'm not aware of any case in the last few decades. And there might be some, but I, I've never heard of a shwul actually being administered. Typically, they settle, the litigants compromise, and a, a defendant will pay some fraction of the claim to avoid swearing. It's unheard of, it's virtually unheard of for anyone to take a Shavuot. Again, we saw on the surface time already it was, uh, there was a meeting not to do it, and the Midrashim, there are sources in midrashford, and so on. Shavuot is a very, very dangerous and scary thing, and, 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 and there is uh, an appropriate custom to avoid Shavuot at almost any cost. But they tell the story about a Shavuot Baruch Werner that I think I saw this in introduction to a uh, Sefer Zikaran of his Torah or Torah in honor of him. They tell the story that <laughs> his based in once heard it in Torah, and Allah was, Al the defendant was Chayab So they told the defendant, you, you, sh- you really shouldn't swear. It's a terrible thing. Even shuas Emes, you should avoid it. You should settle, settle with the plaintiff to avoid swearing. Pay him some, some percent of his claim to avoid swearing. He said, Nope, it's my right to swear. Al Pidin. I insist on my rights, I'm, I'm, I'm not liable to pay this money, and I don't want to pay, and I'm, I'm going to take the shvur. They told him you really shouldn't, it's not a good idea. He said, nope, that's my right, and I want to take the shvur. They said, okay, if you want to take a shvur, we'll administer a shvur. So they set a date for the, for the shvur, they would come back at, a, at an appointed time, he would take the shvur. He came back, he said, I'm ready to swear. They tried again to dissuade him, they said, you really should reconsider this, a, sh- a, is, a, uh, a is a very uh, dangerous thing. He said, nope, it's my right, it's MS, I want to take the shvur. He took the shiva. he left the Beistin, he was hit by a car, and he died. And uh, during the Shiva, the, the children, I think, of, the, of, of this man came to Rav Werner and begged him Mechila for, I'm not sure, I, I, never, I was never sure if the implication of the story was that they felt they had been disrespectful to him and that's why he died, because they had disobeyed his recommendation if they thought that they died because of Shua Sheker, or even Shua's Emes, like the 2,000 cities, 1,000 cities of Yana HaMelech. I'm not sure why they were coming to ask Werner for Mechilab. I guess he was, I guess they were scared of him. He was the one who was... Uh, and they thought he cursed him somehow. I'm not sure. But in any event, that, that is, that, that, as far as I know, that is the last recorded case of Shua, of which I'm aware several decades ago, maybe, I guess, you see stories like that. You understand why uh, You understand why we're... Um, we you know we, we're not we're not going to encourage shvuos but the but in any event shvuos are very uncommon today. Shvuos are virtually unheard of today, and uh, and as we said and as we said the the, the reason is because Rabbi says because even if your shvuos emes, if a person becomes accustomed to shvuos he will he will often wind up, he very likely he'll wind up taking a shvus and that's an unthinkable thing. There is a very interesting machlokis between Postkim of the 19th century, again, this is when the Khasim Sofer wrote about this Minog. Postkim in the later 19th century had a major argument. Let's say someone is representing par- a partnership in, in court or based in. Someone is representing a business and mit If he doesn't take v'shvur, he'll lose the case. There'll be financial consequences and the business will have to pay. So he says, pious Jews don't swear. It's, I don't want to swear, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's himself recommends against it, Mid- Midrash recommends against it. The other partner says, look, it's nice that you want to have uh, a chumrah like this, I'm not willing to lose money for, for this minug. and if you want to do this, you pay out of your own pocket. You can't pay out of the shutfah's money for this, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're going to cost our business money, you have to eat that cost, because I, I don't authorize this. In general, if a shutfah is negligent or reckless or deviates from best practices, he's chayef. So the other have says, you have no right to do this. And, and he says, but it's the right thing to do. It's, uh, it's, taking a is, a is a terrible and dangerous thing. So who is right? Mm-hmm. So this was a major machlok sakhronim. Some Akronim said, the usual rule applies. Chumras are great, but not at someone else's expense. You can't be from. You can't have a chumra at someone else's expense. If, if the other have doesn't agree, you have no right to do that. Other akhronim said no. The sholom said no. He says that the sholom said, since this is the way... This is the way uh, God-fearing Jews behave. He says that every person, every person who has an appropriate fear of Hashem, fear of Hashem doesn't take a Shavu, even Emes. So when they entered into the Shutfus, it was understood that, that this is how he's going to behave. Just like he's not going to be Machal Shabbos to, to save the Shutfus money and he's gonna, to avoid that uh, loss. He's not going to eat non-kosher food. He's not going to do something that's oser. This is also, it's not Oser Medina de the Gemara, but this is the standard practice of God-fearing Jews. And therefore, when they entered the cane. it was understood that you were allowed to act as a, a reasonable Shutfud. And since this, is a, this, this practice apparently was common enough that he can say, that, the, that he has an implicit permission from the Shutfus to do this, to, to, to uh, decline to take a Shvua, even if it will cost the business money. But other posts can disagree. Other posts can say that without, uh, with, without an endorsement of this by the Shutfus, you have no right to do that. You have no right to do that. The... As we said, this, this is a this is a, this, this is a major machlokus acronym, there are a acronym on both sides of this question and the there are a acronym on both sides of this question. The so, so again, we, we, rarely t- we rarely take shavuos today and that the, the shutf is machlokus whether he has implicit, or, implicit authorization to do that that reminds me of a discussion it, this always reminds me of a discussion in the marsham. Marsham deals with the question there were two shutafen one of them wanted to go to a Rebbe to get a bracha for the business. Tzaddik, a Rebbe, to get a bracha for the business. And it cost money, either the traveling expenses or the money it was to give the Rebbe a donation for this. The other should have said, uh, you know, I, I don't agree, the other should have did, didn't sign off on this. Does he have the right to do that? He can pay out of his own pocket, obviously, if he wants, but if, does he have the right to take partnership assets for this? So the marsham says, it really depends. If this is standard, routine, custom in this area, then again, the shutvahs, you enter into the shutvahs, a day to dachi, that you're going to do things that normal people in this community do. If, it's, if that's not the case, if this is not the universal practice, if, if some people do not have this practice, particularly, says, if the other shutf is someone who is a misnagid to this tzaddik, to the idea of tzaddikim in general, to going to them for this kind of assistance, then you have no right to do it. That, it all depends on what the assumption was going into the shutvahs. So when it comes to swearing, we have this machlokus whether we have this machlokus whether... Uh, whether we have an assumption of a day to the hachi, that when they enter into the shudfus, each shutf grants, unless specified otherwise, each of grants the other shudfus tacit permission to, to do this, to, 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 uh, to exercise this, this, this level of piety, even at the expense of the shutfas or not. The Sharedeya has another twist on this question. The Sharedeya says that, um, that he says, on the one hand, you can say, like the Sholom Meshiv, why should he have to swear? Because even al Hamas is all uh, of nimnaim. This is generally something people abstain from. So why would you think a, sh- a shudtif again? Shudf has, like the shalomay, he says, one could argue that a shudtif has to do whatever is normal and customary. And if this is not normal and customary because it's considered uh, an avera, then why would you assume he has to do it? Then he turns around and says, that he should do it. Because a shudtif is a mitzvah, he says. Even if you're not a shutta, if you can help somebody else avoid a loss, you have to do that. Now it's true we don't do when, when, when that would entail violating a mitzvah. Not or not even butter. If you see a, a mukta item on Shabbos, somebody lost mukta property, lost his wallet, and you're walking in the street on Shabbos, you find a wallet, even if there's an Erev, you don't pick it up. The, the wallet's mukta and the, the mitzvah of shorabarim does not override even an ish jorabarim. But the Shoridea is saying, apparently, good, a real mitzvah Jorabbana and something that's black and white, then yes, the not doesn't override doesn't override the, a, a, a black and white mitzvah. But here, there's no halach and shulchan Aruch about this. There's, there's no gemara that explicitly says, you're how allowed to do it. We have Midrashim that recommend against it. The Midrash does say, the Midrash's language does say that you are that you are uh, but you can't take that at face value. You can't say literally in all of us. Where again, the whole Shulchan Aruch, the whole Mishnah and Gemara and Shulchan Aruch is full of shavuos. Shavuos, shavuos hethis, shavuos modeh de'miktza, shavuos eidachad, apikadon, shavuos eidus. This is full of shavuos all over the Torah. You can't learn as, as a real or not to do it. It's a, it's a good practice. It's a minag and it's highly recommended. So that's a real question. If, if a person wants to do hashavas has to do a mitzvah seved, a mitzvah daraisa. And omid kinegdo hashavas would entail something which is not an isra daraisa not an Ishtar Rabbanan. it's a strong recommendation of Chazal. It's a very strong recommendation of Minog not to do it. Uh, is that a good reason not to do a Shavah is A mitzvah Seved? Would you really say because of my, my praiseworthy conduct I should avoid a That seems to be the, the, the Shardaya's issue, that, uh, that that seems to be his issue, that just because you have, it's true, it's a highly recommended Midas Hasidus, a highly recommended best practice, but is that really sufficient reason not to do a show Seveda? So that's a very interesting argument. Not all postkim seem to agree with it, but that's a very interesting argument. I mentioned, uh, just one final note, I mentioned earlier, briefly, I think, that Ashkenazim in particular have this great fear of Shuva. Among Svardim, less so. Svardim we find in the Sifrei uh, and Teshuvah for hundreds of years ago. Svardim used to actually use shvurs pretty, pretty frequently, even in, even in business. If someone would borrow money, he would swear to pay back on time. The, 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 a lender obviously wants security that his loan will be paid back. Sometimes they took collateral, sometimes they took liens. Sometimes they, they, they did a shvuah. They, 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 would, they would swear or they would write into the loan documents that the, the borrower swears they'll pay back on time. Other kinds of contracts, they would write shvus that the that the parties would live up to their obligations. Ashkenazim would never do such a thing. That we have such a certainly been the last few few centuries. Ashkenazim have this uh, healthy fear of shvus, but Spardim frequently wrote shvus into their business contracts. There, there are many shvus in the Akronim discussing questions like this. The halacha is suffik mam and how much of haraya that would, when there's an argument between a plaintiff and a defendant and the defendant is machzuk. So the defendant wins because if, even if, even if it's a, we don't know that, we don't know who's telling the truth, we don't know what, what the facts are. But misafik, we say we're not Mozi mum and misafik. Misafik, the defendant wins. So there's a major debate in the Akronim, in the shtar What happens if, as was common in their culture, the defendant had sworn to pay back on time? Now it's not just misafik mum, it's safik shvu. If it's, uh, if, 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 if it's a shalavashvua, let's say, for example, it's, a, it's unclear, it's a, it depends on it's night, it's unclear if conditions were satisfied, he himself might not know the answer. and It's a suffix. So there's a major debate in the postgame whether we say la lehachmer. That makes a lot of sense. The counter-argument is that when you make a shvuah in, Shvua in a civil context, you mean that insofar as the laws of choshen Mishpat obligate me to pay, I will pay. But uh, if, if the law, if the rule is, how much If the rule is that I'm the mukhsuk, so I win. My shvo never covers that case. The same way the, the Achranim point out, how how come you ever how come you're ever allowed to keep money if you're when you're the muksuk? Sufi gezel Gezel's an ised so you should be to give it back because of suffi gezel. Achranim give various tereutin, but one of the approaches they take is that the the, the, the of gezel hinges on the, the laws of dina maminus. Gezel only applies when according to the laws of maminus you're supposed to you're supposed to pay. If according to the laws of Dinim Mamre, the law of Muxuk, you're entitled to keep it, there's no Easter of Gezel. So some Akronim said a similar svar, as I recall, about shvua. Anyway. When you make a shvua on, on a matter of money, the shvua means, if according to the laws of, of, of procedure and based on Amachayev, I swear I'll fulfill it. But if according to the laws of Suffolk, Amachayev, then there's no shvua. In any event, it was common that Dim took shvua, even for questions of money. Another context in which Svar Dim took shvua, and some still do, apparently, is at weddings. So we know Ashkenazim have the cherim the cherim against polygamy the cherim against unilateral divorce Sfardim were not always makabal v'cherem not all Sfardic communities were makabal v'cherem some were, some were not so in places that were not makabal v'cherem they also often agreed that these were good ideas to restrict the husband's freedom to pick a second wife and so on but some communities enacted local haram, local takanas to the same effect to more or less the same effect that, they, that, the husband, that husbands are prohibited to marry second wives and so on in some communities, this was a pers- left to, as a personal undertaking by the chassan. The chassan at the wedding would frequently swear, he would commit himself and he would swear, I won't marry your second wife, I won't divorce you unilaterally, I'll treat you properly, I won't force you to move away without your permission. So the Hassan would often take shvus at the wedding that they would, uh, that, that they would treat the wife in, 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 certain way, in certain ways that were favorable to her. And this was an ancient tradition, going back hundreds of years, 800 years to the time of the Rishonim, that in some Sephardic communities, they used to, they used to take such shavuos at the time of the wedding. I, 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 once, heard, I once heard from a distinguished uh, Sephardic Posik in Dayan, who also was well-connected in the Ashkenazi world. I, if, I, this is years ago, but as I, rec- as I recall what he said, Rabbi, Rabbi Chacham Asher HaTchoel of Brooklyn, he said, I believe he said he once asked Yashuv to Masada Kedushin at uh, son or grandson's wedding. Yashuv told him on two conditions. One of them is no shvuot, We're not doing any shvuos if I'm Masada Kedushin. And the other one was no Guzmaot. There's some Svarad communities, exaggeration. Some Svarad communities, you, we have pretty standard Suvas in Ashkenaz, but some have them had have them in, again, going back for a long time, to write... Uh, Wildly exaggerated sums, fortunes into the ksuva. It was meant as a, as a form of a kind of flowery form of respect for the other side. They didn't actually mean to machai themselves that much money. The, the halacha says clearly that these are understood to be just, uh, just exaggerations, but that was a custom some Spartan had. Raviyashev, as, as an old school uh, Lithuanian, said nothing doing. We're not doing shvuos and we're not doing guzmos. But Raviyashev pointed out, yeah, shvuos, it should be understood. Raviyashev didn't want to do it, but the shvuos are. An ancient tradition. We Ashkenazim are much less comfortable with shavuos, but Svardim have, have a much more a much more comfortable relationship with shavuos. Going back eight hundred years, this again, this this was a marriage. Marriage. This was very important to make sure the women were treated right. But they used to take shavuos, and even as we said, even in business documents, Svardim used to take shavuos. And certainly in the context of of, of of marriage, it was a it was a common Svarda custom for the men to take shavuos at the wedding. In certain cases, I think it's possible they, they used to write that he took a shvua, he wouldn't actually take the shvua, and that, then there would be a question of whether a shvua b'chzav, whether a written shvua that wasn't verbalized as a shvua, that's a major topic in the laws of shvua. But in any event, Sardim were, were much more comfortable with shvua, they often took as part of their as part of their civil life, both in the context of financial affairs as well as in the context of weddings.